Welcome to Automation Chat. I'm your host, Teresa Hauck, Executive Editor of the Journal from Rockwell Automation and our partner, Network Magazine. In this episode, I'm thrilled to bring you this exclusive interview with Gina Ayala Claxton, the new president of the Americas region for Rockwell Automation. She just started the job in January. She was educated at the University of Notre Dame and the Wharton School and comes to Rockwell Automation following a rich 20-year career at IBM. Part of her new role is to help make the customer experience easier, and she says that means keeping the customer at the center of everything Rockwell Automation does and evolving to meet their changing need. She has an interesting approach to this. We also talk about the importance of diversity in building high-performance teams, diversity not only in race, gender, and other ways, but in thought. Find out what she means by this. She also explains what it means to her to be the first Latina president of the Americas and how she plans to continue her advocacy for equality and inclusion. We also chat about the unique relationship of Rockwell Automation, its authorized Allen Bradley distributors, and companies in the Rockwell Automation Partner Network program for delivering products to customers. But before we dive into the conversation, it's time for our family-friendly, silly joke of the day. Knock, knock. Who's there? Control freak. Okay, now you say control freak who. All right, here's my chat with Gina. Hi, Gina. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me, Teresa. Well, this is a thrill, and I'm sure you've hit the ground running in your new position as president of the Americas. Yes, I have. It's been a whirlwind of, I think, 10 days now. So I've just enjoyed meeting a lot of people, went to Milwaukee, got the lay of the land. So it's been a wonderful welcome. And so you probably got the lay of the land. Hopefully it was before the snow hit up there. It was, I think, (laughs) minus 12. Yeah. So that's half the year up here. Yeah. Good. Some good hazing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's start by talking a little bit about your background. I know you joined Rockwell Automation coming from IBM where you spent, was it 20 years? Yes. Yes. I had a really um, rich and extensive career at IBM. What did you do there? Well, a little bit of everything. So I came up through sales. Um, and if you look back, I really was able to lead teams and, you know, first starting out as a frontline seller, I did some inside sales, I did field sales, and then I started leading teams across all of our portfolio. So that was hardware, software and SaaS and services, cons- consulting and technology services business. Uh, and then as I progressed in my career, I was you know, able to live in different places across the country, but started becoming more involved in the strategic change and direction of IBM overall and participating in different um, forums led by our CEO, Ginny Rometty, where we were tasked with modernizing the company, you know, top to bottom from the way our customers consumed our technologies to what technology spaces we were going to be in to the big culture shift that had to take place uh, to compete. Um, And ultimately, I led a business that was about the size of the one I'm leading now. And we, you know, it was very contained like it is now. So marketing and finance and ops and sales and customer success, uh, able to really implement and put all of those new ideas to work and ultimately deliver sustainable growth for the company overall. Oh, that sounds exciting. And so what motivated you to come and work for Rockwell Automation? So when I knew that we were going to achieve our goals of kind of sustainable growth and kind of complete that turnaround, I knew that I wanted to start to look externally. I 
I thought of that as kind of the first half of my career and I was at halftime and it would be time for me to diversify and get some new experiences. So I actually took some time off and I really looked at the marketplace thoughtfully. Originally, I thought I would um, do something based here in Silicon Valley because I'm here in San Francisco you know, it's such an exciting time in the industry. But when I was approached about Rockwell, I realized quickly that it is such a unique company in a unique set of circumstances where you have this thriving core business um, with these long-standing relationships with distributors that you need to grow. And you have all these new opportunities in these uh, different areas of the value chain to capture, spend, and, and share And typically you're seeing companies with the legacy like Rockwell has having to cannibalize and really pivot. And and this isn't the case here. So I saw a really broad set of business challenges that I think lend themselves to my experiences, but I also saw a winning culture and and a lot of upside, frankly, in what uh, Rockwell's trying to do. Well, part of your role is to make the customer experience easier. So what does that mean for the customers? What does that look like? Yeah, when a, when a company is changing and evolving, it's easy to lose sight of the customer when you're so focused on internal change and the impact of change. And so keeping the customer at the center of any transformation or evolution is really important. Uh, and there's a couple of ways that you do that. One is constantly defining and clarifying who we are to the customer. Because as that changes, customers can be confused. Who are you trying to be? So being very clear about who we are, what problems we want to solve for you, and what spaces we want to play in. Um, the other piece of it is we always have to be at the top of our game in terms of eminence so that we can be creative problem solvers with them. And in this case, we have a lot of technical eminence in this company in industrial automation. We need to continue to build and evolve our industry eminence. And then we're also building new skills and new muscles in these areas like SaaS. And and it's an and. We need to be great at all of those. Um, And then the last thing is really being conscious of how customers want to buy. In various segments, it's different. In various regions, it's different. Um, there's a lot of self-service that SaaS customers want to be able to, you know, very low cost to serve, but also they want to be able to go online, use a credit card and and, and download code. Um, whereas in some of these core businesses, there's still very much a human interaction. So we need to be really cognizant of how customers want to buy. And then we get to be the voice of the customer back to product development. And that loop is really important because again, as customers As companies change and evolve, that's the way that we'll constantly keep the customer at the center of the design is is being that voice and going back to product development and saying, look, this is what they need to see. This is what they're asking us for. That's an interesting approach because the the customer's needs, their problems and how they need to solve them and how they want to buy are changing because of the way the world is changing with the pandemic, with the supply chain disruptions, um, with digital transformation. So the way that Rockwell wants to keep up and meet their needs, that's so important. Yeah. And it's not a one size fits all, especially the blessing and the curse of, of the Rockwell and opportunity where you can have your core business and continue to evolve and grow in new areas is you do have to continue to serve customers in multiple ways. And that's um, very challenging to make sure that you don't kind of spin out and dilute your impact, be very focused, 
but be very cognizant of that, that it isn't a one size fits all in the markets that we serve. Is that part of what your role is to um, build high performance teams in a matrixed environment? What does that look like for you and your team? I think at the end of the day, high performance teams need to be creative problem solvers with their customers. And to enable that, the teams need to be diverse in certainly diversity in you know race and gender and all of those things are very important and diversity in thought. So we need to be able to bring new ideas and that comes from having a diverse workforce. Uh, we also have to be more bold, willing to take some risks. I think we've heard this a lot. We have to be willing to disrupt ourselves, right? So that we're really able to dive in and say, how can I solve this problem with you, Mr. or Mrs. Customer? We have to be more bold. Um, High performance also means that we're constantly curious, constantly learning, restless, paranoid, never resting on our laurels and really okay with failure. You know, so all of these attributes drive innovation and they drive, they create a high performance culture where people aren't afraid to take risks or try new things. And ultimately that's where innovation is born. So that's, that's, those are kind of the cultural attributes that I already see a lot of in my short time here at Rockwell. And I expect that we'll just take to the next level. You mentioned diversity. Uh, you have a groundbreaking position of being the first Latina president of the Americas region. What does that mean to you? Well, first of all, um, it means a lot to me because it means a lot to my family. My my grandfather's 103. He's wow. still, he still drives um, <laughs> and, and he texts me every day. So he's a really, really unique and special person to me. And when he got to this country, he scrubbed barnacles off the bottom of ships in the harbor for many years. And, and for him to see me in this role, it's just really special. I'm, I'm really grateful that I can do this for him. But I think there's a bigger meaning for me. You know, Latinos make up 18% of the United States population in the latest census data and only 4% of leaders. So I think I had a mentor at IBM that always said, if not us, who, if not now, when? And I feel like I can play a role here in starting to be that representation and start uh, improving, you know, from early hires to, you know, mid-level career folks. Again, you can't be what you can't see. So start making those metrics align more with the um, the growing population of Latinos in this country. You've always been active in supporting equality in the workplace and society. You, how do you can plan to continue doing that there at Rockwell? I know they're, they have um, groups that they're active with. I don't know if you're too new to know about them yet, but do you? No, do you, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've already been invited to participate <laughs> in those and I, and I'm gladly will do so. I mean, I think in the last 18 months of my time at IBM, uh, we really accelerated like most companies did the initiatives more from conceptual philosophical intentions to very clear actions with metrics. And um, that was across the board, across all of the underrepresented groups. So I'm really excited to bring those learnings um, and, and get very involved. I also think as a leader of the Americas, we can do more to create an identity for the Americas team. We're a, a region of many countries with 
with strong cultures that we should be very proud of, uh, very unique business, you know, circumstances, but also there are some things that, that are common among us all. And I think really defining that identity of what does it mean to be the Americas? And then how do we celebrate um, what makes us unique and distinct in this region and make sure representation is always something that's on the forefront of our minds? So I think we can do it just in running a business as well as being part of some of these groups that are really important right now. So one final question for you, just in general, what are your impressions of some of the exciting, great things about Rockwell Automation that you're looking forward to? It goes without saying, I think the partner network here is extremely unique and second to none. And I've just been so impressed by the history, the the foundation with the core partners, the distributors, the very unique model. Uh, I think the sky's the limit on what we can do there together. And then the opportunity to bring in all these new partners, uh, which is something I have a lot of experience in and it's really exciting and a lot of fun. So I think the partner network is truly a differentiator for Rockwell. And then I think the other one is, of course, the people. And I know everyone says this, but I have been amazed by uh, the brilliance of the people that I've been speaking with and getting to know but also their passion and commitment. Um, They're absolutely invested in Rockwell doing well, seeing this through and excelling in the next chapter. And I've just been really inspired and motivated. I know we have a tremendous team here that's going all in to help us win. So those two things have been, I think, the brightest stars among a lot of stars that I've been experiencing over the last couple of weeks. That's great, Gina. It's amazing, as new as you are, that you can see those valuable assets already. So thank you very much. This has been great getting to know you a little bit and your philosophy, and I'm sure you're going to do really well in this position. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Teresa. I appreciate it. All right. And I'm Teresa Hauk with The Journal Magazine. We'll talk again soon. If you enjoy Automation Chat, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening.